Welcome to The Optimist Chronicles, your emotional safe space to explore and be whoever you are and feel all of your feelings. I'm your host, Anna Marie Green, clinical therapist, expert anxiety coach, intuitive healer, and soul-led optimist, here to bring you all the topics and conversations to help you become more of yourself and see life in a more positive view. Let's get it. Before we head into the episode, I wanted to let you guys know that this Thursday, January 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be running my first free virtual workshop. It will be covering anxiety and inner child healing. So we'll be going over all the different topics about what is inner child healing and how you can use your anxiety to help make that process more efficient, more impactful, and really to get you to that next level. I will be going over all the information as well as leading the group in a guided meditation that uses anxiety to help you meet and start to heal your inner child. If you're free at 7 p.m. on Thursday, I would love for you to join me. You can head to the show notes, follow the link, and register for the virtual event. I'm so excited and I will see you guys there. Enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome back. I am really excited for this week's episode because I get to interview one of my good friends that I met through a working business moms club in Michigan. And from the moment we met, we had so much in common. We both were coming out of like um, a space and um, where the systems weren't really working for us anymore. And we didn't really feel like it was actually doing the most good for the people that we were working with and how we wanted to impact the world. And the reason I really wanted to bring her on here was she is just such a light and the work that she's been doing is so profound, but then she also has a way of understanding and listening um, that just you don't find in many people. And she's turned, you know, her work experience, she's worked in the healthcare field for over 20 years and her own personal experiences. And she brought these really great, I call, I always call these kinds of things, nuggets of knowledge, these pieces of wisdom that we can all use a little bit more of. And she put it into a book and I have been privileged to be able to read some of this book so far. And it is beautiful. And as somebody who has had a complicated relationship with their mother, everything in her book and everything that she's experienced and that she communicates and talks about and helps her clients with is just so profound. And a lot of us, I know a lot of people, including myself, you know, it's hard when we think about our relationships with our mothers because we love them so much. We don't want to say, you know, oh, I have a mother wound or or that there's a wound related to my mother there because it feels like blaming or shaming sometimes. But when we come to terms with that, maybe the relationship with our mother wasn't what we needed or, you know, needs needs to change or there needs to be boundaries, we are really giving ourselves the best opportunity to live a life that we are happy and we are able to feel loved and we are able to have better relationships moving forward. And that's really what her, her book is about. It talks about, it's called Live Your Life for You, Not Your Mother. It's going to be out on Amazon. Um, and the, the launch date is January 24th, but you can pre-order it now, which is very, very exciting. And I highly recommend. So to introduce our wonderful and exciting guest this week, we have Dr. Emily S. Jacobs. Emily Jacobs is a mother, author, speaker, board-certified doctorate, prepared nurse, wellness coach, and thought leader. With over 20 years of healthcare in nursing and corporate leadership experience, Emily started her entrepreneurial and endeavor consulting for companies and coaching individuals in health and wellness, building resiliency, adjusting to transitions, up-leveling leadership, burnout recovery, work-life balance, self-care strategies, setting boundaries, and promoting just an overall healthy and like a life full of love. Emily helps guide others through, ba- through, through balance, boundaries, and recognizing toxicity. She challenges you to say goodbye to that stuck version of yourself in order to recognize that you are enough, you are loved, and you have control of your choices. She offers you the strength and clarity needed to, to knock down your barriers, heal your heart, and find your way forward. 
And really, I can attest to all of that stuff, especially the power of your own choices, which we get into in this episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear what she has to say and all of her wisdom. So grab a cup of tea or put your headphones in and go on a nice walk and really just prepare to digest this wonderful, brilliant information. Okay, see you guys afterwards. Welcome to the Optimist Chronicles. So Emily, I always start off with asking this question of every guest. What is your definition of an optimist and how do you connect with your inner optimist on a regular basis? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, What is an optimist? You know, I think for me, it's someone who usually uh, tends to look at the brighter side of things, right? Um, I know it's like the obvious answer, but they kind of always see the positive before the negative, right? Um, And I think they're always looking at maybe how things can get better. Like they're, they're just not drawn into that, you know, kind of like that negative spiral off the bat, not okay. to say we don't get there. Cause I definitely get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of like how I kind of draw into mine is I, honestly, I think I was kind of naturally born that way in a sense that like, I always gave people the benefit of the doubt. I always give people the second chances, which is good and bad sometimes, but, um, but I do usually always see the hope in even some of the, even some of the struggles. It's like, I always try to think, well, there, there has got to be a positive way out of this and I'm going to try to find it. So I think, uh, like I said, I, not that I'm perfect at that, but I think ultimately like in my soul, that's what my soul wants to do. It's just a matter of if I allow that to happen. Now, do you think that that is a like natural skill or do you think that's something that can eventually be taught in, in regards to instead of spiraling negatively first, going immediately to the best case scenario or, you know, the more positive side of the track? I absolutely think it can be learned and taught a hundred percent. And I think it's, like I said, I mean, it's not always natural for me, but I, I usually tend on like a scale to go in that direction. I don't like to always just like think of the worst case scenarios, but I think it's natural to do that also to think of like, because I think then we're prepared a little bit. Yeah. But absolutely. I think asking the question, like, what is the best case scenario? Or what if, you know, what if the person says yes? Or what if the person, you know, whoever, whatever the situation, I think it is important to, if that's not something you're naturally known to do Mm -hmm. is to start, start there. Okay. That's, that is great advice. And I know so many people struggle with the immediate positivity as opposed to, you know, spiraling to the negative. A lot of times people have to convince themselves of the positive. I think that's a great place to start. So you, speaking of like positive things, you have a book coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Life for you, not your mom, not your mom, which is going, it resonates with so many people. I know it resonated with me. So tell us a little bit about your journey with writing the book and then we'll go into, you know, the content and that kind of stuff. Okay. So the journey with writing it, um, started about seven years ago when um it's actually started before then but we'll just start with the book so it started about seven years ago the writing of the book was I would get these little messages I call them the hints and nudges from just people people that I would share my motherhood stories with and they'd be like you should write a book about that and I'm like ha 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 I am not an author you guys are crazy uh and so the backstory of that is I have like yearly journals of just constant entries of things I've learned, the the control I have over my choices, my motherhood stories, like there, it's all in there. And so clearly I was trying to prove myself that like, I wasn't a writer. Uh, And so I'd get these little hints and I was like, huh, I've heard this three or four times in the same year, which was like seven years ago. I'm like, I guess maybe I'll just start taking some notes. Yeah. So on a, you know, little note notepad in my, on my computer, I just wrote, if I was to write a book, this is what I would write about. Yeah. And the word choices just kept popping up and popping up and popping up of like, but we can always have control over our choices. So that's part of the content, which I know we'll get into, but so essentially like those little thoughts were in my brain. And every time I would think of it, which was rarely like 
handful of times a year, I'd be like, Ooh, that might be a good thing for the potential book that may never come out. Um, and then I was like, when I had two daughters of my, now I have two daughters of my own that are under five and I'm seeing some of those motherhood wounds, uh, come back up that I thought I had learned from and healed from. And I was like, Holy crap. Like they're coming back up. And I'm like, I think I need to get these words out on paper. If anything for my daughters, yeah, they can understand me and maybe someone else could benefit too. And I've been coaching women this past year, more full-time. I resigned from my corporate healthcare job and this is what I, I do now. And I just keep hearing repeated stories. And I thought I was, I thought I was unique. Like I seriously was like, nobody had what I had to the extent that I had it. And when I would coach these women, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so similar. And I could resonate and they could resonate. And I'm like, okay, this book, I think this book's coming out sooner than I thought. And of course, uh, serendipitously, right? Like it, I know that the universe and God and whatever people believe in, like th- there was this clear it's time message. Yeah. Um, my mom passed away three years ago, pretty much exactly like around this time. And over the, about six months ago in the summer, I got this message from someone who knew someone anyway, but basically it was like, write your book in 30 days. It was a challenge. And then there was a 12 week mentorship of how to become a published author within like that next year. And I was like, I don't know what clearer sign that could be. Like I was ready this course, I can't do this alone. And then this course just popped up in this beautiful mentorship of a, of a company held my hand the entire way. And I just thought, all right. Well, literally like I've been given, I've been given the answer. I've been given the resource. I guess I've been given the desire to do this. Yeah. Um, and all I kept hearing was now's the time. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So it's been a seven year process and it started a long time ago, which I think a lot of people, when they look back on, you know, what they're doing now and what they're really passionate about, it does start a lot sooner, but for you, you know, you talked about a mother wound. What would you say a mother wound is and how could somebody recognize that? You know, how did you recognize it? Mm. I think it's, I mean, truthfully, like it's like the deepest thing I could think of, but it's, it's when you realize that you're different than your mother. Mm. Right. And, and, and again, right. Like, like it's not, I'm not going to like cover it up and say like, it's not her fault yeah. uh, for some of the things that she did. I'll, I can dive into that in a little bit too, but it's, it's when you realize that you're separate from her, mm-hmm. but she's trying to keep you closer to her. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So so it's like, there might be criticisms and you take them personally and, and, and inject them into your body as the truth. And so that's the wound is like, you take that and you keep that close to you because you're so close to your mom or you've got that bond. But when you start realizing that, like, that's not me and that's not my story. And I don't want it to be like that. Yeah. I think that's when the true, like, like that's the first awareness and recognition that I've got to do something different for me. Yeah. And I can still love her at the same time, Yeah, but that's her choice. She has to let me do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the wounds get a little deeper is that moms, like now that I am a mom, I can get that now where it's like you, sometimes you don't realize you're doing it. And the, the, the real challenge with us is that I did recognize it. And I would try to teach her and point it out to her that like, I love you, mom. And <laughs> I'm going to do things a little different and that's got to be okay. Cause it's okay with me. And so that was our biggest challenge. It was not okay with her. Yeah. Um, and so it, it made things really brutal and kind of challenging. Uh, I think towards, well, yeah, so I, I can kind of end there for that, but I think that's where it starts is that separation of identity. Um, and I'm giving my takeaway right now, but I think, I think it's the biggest takeaway for a mom is to recognize that like, truly, like they are different from you and they will be different for you. And it's, it is, I think our duty and responsibility to grow with them and learn with them. Um, because they are our greatest teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So when it came to recognizing that you were different, from your mother. Cause I, I, and I don't think many people talk about it that much. I've, I've heard mother wounds being explained as like just this wound of, of having this complicated relationship with your mother, but that real separation, you know, how does that change how you view yourself and what was that like for you? Because seeing it as I'm separate than my mother, 
is also, you know, I know for myself, that would be like, oh, I have this fear. What if then we're not close or, mm-hmm. you know, all of these what ifs about the relationship? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think just, I realized it when I was younger, right? Because I think, okay, I think ultimately, ultimately, uh, maybe not everybody, but most kids and most daughters want their moms to be, you know, proud of them. And we are trying to make them happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, which I think is a natural thing. Like we're trying to please them and make them happy. Right. Who doesn't want their mom to be happy. Right. Their mom, when moms are happy, they're a lot more fun. Right. <laughs> so I think I realized, and again, like, I don't know if I realized this as a kid, all of this depth, but I realized parts of it. I started realizing it wasn't my job to make her happy. Yeah. And even as much as I tried and even the things I did didn't work. Okay. Didn't work. I wore the clothes she wanted me to wear. I did the things she wanted me to do. I, I acted the way she wanted me. Like I did all those things and it's, she wasn't happy. Yeah. Right. And so I think then fast forward to adult, I realized it was her responsibility to do that, but I kept trying and trying and trying and trying to help her and fix her and say, I'm here. Like, it's like, I was parenting her and I didn't even realize it when I was a kid. Yeah. And and then I would call it out when I was finally like speaking up and I would call her out and say, I, are you happy mom? Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yes, of course I'm happy. I'm of course. I mean, I mean you could just tell by her body language that she yeah. was defensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would even say stuff like, how come you never do anything for yourself, but you complain about it all the time. Yeah. You wow. know? And I just, it's like something hit me when I was a kid that I was just like, I'm going to do life differently. And I don't really, it's not that I didn't care what she thought. Of course, I think ultimately we do, but that depth of how much I cared started fading. Um, when I realized that no matter what I did, it wasn't working. Yeah. No matter how hard I tried, it wasn't going to work. I wasn't going to change her, fix her, make her a different person, make her happier. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So what has been your journey with pushing yourself outside those bounds of like, I'm not going to make her happy. I have to, like, I need to do things differently for my soul, you know, for me and mm-hmm. ultimately healing that mother wound. Yeah. Um, I think it was just knowing that it didn't feel good in my body. Right. Yeah. I'm like, something doesn't, something isn't right here. Now yeah. I will tell you, that's kind of one of the hardest things is knowing that how different we were and how I was going to choose differently was breaking a cycle, even as a child, because I wanted that bond with her and, and we just weren't like, she wanted us to be best friends and we were so different. Yeah. And I think just accepting that, that like, we can actually be very close and be different at the same time. Yeah. As long as, right. And this is the like couple decades later, as long as we respected each other's boundaries. Yeah. And when you have to set a boundary with the mother of all mothers and you're going to take all the SHIT from it. Yeah. yeah. It, it like, I mean, after years of right, nothing else working, I'm like, well, maybe a boundary will work. Maybe this is the time Yeah, it did work for us. And it was very simple and it was very clear and she didn't like it and she didn't understand it, but she did it. Okay. Right. So, um, and it was basically like, you can't, like, I'm not going to tolerate you talking to me like that, like kind of putting yeah. me down or criticizing me. Like we, we were long distance at that time. So I would just politely hang up the phone, but I told her what I was going to do when it happened ahead of time. Yeah. I didn't okay. do it with anger anymore. That's awesome. So, and do you think, cause I know that was the first boundary I put in with my mom, right. It was just like, no, like that's not, that's not helpful for you to say in this situation. And it actually, to my surprise also worked. So mm-hmm. do you like that as the, you can't talk to me that way is the first simplistic boundary for kind of healing your mother wound and, and healing just the relationship with your mother overall? I think, I think at first just talk, like talking about it, like how you normally would talk and see what happens. Cause sometimes just talking through it, there are some moms out there that would take it, absorb it and start learning and growing, Mm -hmm. right? You might not even need to go to that extent. I think some moms are willing to open and grow. Mine was not. Mine was, um, like kind of like, I know more than you type of person and, and, um, you know, like that type of thing. And so for us, I just said, you know, mom, I'm going to have to start doing this because it's for me. 
There's nothing yeah. like, it's basically like, I can't stop her from saying what she's going to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I realized that like, I can't change it. I can't, and instead of being, instead of choosing to be angry and upset and anxious and all that around her and it, this took years. Right. But I just decided like, when it starts getting to that escalating level in the conversation, and I told her this ahead of time, mom, mom, when it starts to get there and you start doing the criticizing things, cause she would say, I don't criticize you. So then I would say, oh, okay, fine, I guess. But when I feel criticized, yeah. <laughs> right? so I put it back on me, <laughs> I'm going to politely say, mom, I love you, but I got to hang up the phone. We'll call each other another time. Yeah. yeah. And she, I, I mean, the first couple of times, Anna-Marie, she'd be like, I, 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 I finish the conversation. I'm like another time, mom. And I love you. Goodbye. And I would hang up the phone because I wanted her to know that like that it was that mom, you see what this was, this piece of the conversation where it cut me off Yeah. and I, I shut down. So I protected myself by hanging up. Yeah. Now, when she did like start respecting it better and she, it actually did slow down and it got much better. Um, I ended up calling her more. Okay. And I, and I, and there was at one point I said, mom, did you notice that I call you more now? Yeah. And she, and she didn't really, she would never relate it to that boundary, but I could tell she was happier with it. And I wasn't trying, I was doing what I naturally would want to do. Yeah. I want to call my mom and tell her about my day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's like, no, we didn't have like, I didn't hate her by any means. I yeah. just, I wanted us to be closer, but it had to kind of be on terms that felt protected to me. Yeah. Now to get to the place where you put in the boundary and you maintained that boundary and didn't like shake it for anything. What was the internal work or the work that you did leading up to that? Cause I know a lot of people even thinking about putting boundaries in with their mothers are like, Oh my God, gosh, like it's going to, they'll spiral out into the more negative sides of it. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's as hard as it is, especially to set something with your mother or, or a, or a caregiver person, parent, father, anyone is really just checking in with yourself. Like what's okay. And what's not okay with me. Okay. And when yeah. you get to the point that you're like, this is not okay with me. Yeah. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, whatever, however that person's treating you, yeah. when you keep allowing the, what's not okay into your body, into your mind, into your soul, feeding your spirit, you're allowing it to happen. Yeah. And you're telling that person thinks it's okay. Cause if you haven't stopped it, they're thinking it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think it's just, I think it's just sitting down and like getting real honest with yourself. Like I'm really not okay with that. And I'm, this is kind of really toxic to me. Um, and then figuring out like, but what would it look like? What would it feel like if that didn't happen? Yeah. And I think I started imagining like, what would a conversation with my mom feel like if I didn't feel this crappy or, you know, like all those other, like I had to be perfect or those types of things. Like, what would it feel like if she just listened and I got to pour my heart out or really talk about stuff and, and she wasn't a feelings person and I wasn't going to make her one. Yeah. But there were times. And so what I did too, is I started the conversation with when she would start like asking me 4 million questions about what I called stupid stuff, I would just like lightly cut her off and say, mom, I've got something really important to talk to you about. Could you just listen? Like I actually did. I would cut her off and she'd be like, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What? And she'd be really good, but she needed it spelled out. Okay. And so okay. I learned that about her. Yeah. Like I learned how to talk to her and say, I just, I just need a mom that like listens right now. And I'll tell you all this I didn't say stupid stuff to her, but I was like, I'll tell you all that stuff later, but can I just like, my heart's heavy. Like I'm having a hard time with like a friend or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And she would, but she needed it spelled out first. And I learned that about us. So that kind of helped too. Yeah, absolutely. So when do you, how, or I guess, how do you feel like you accepted your mother wound? And because really a lot of people as from what I've seen being a therapist and working with people who have so many women have mother wounds, but they struggle accepting the fact that it's there because they're very protective of their mothers. And that same kind of thing where like, they've almost been parenting their mothers without them knowing their whole lives. So they feel very, you know, hesitant to even accept that there could be some type of wound, some type of issue with their moms. Um, so how would you say you came to accept yours? 
Oh man, acceptance that <laughs> took decades. Uh, yes. I, I mean, sorry, not to not to sound <laughs> bonding. Um, it truly came, and this was not overnight. So you just heard me say how long it took. Like I went to therapy and I went to counseling. I literally went to that to try to change her. Mm. I'm like, no, I can do this. I yeah. can do this. I will change her. I will make her, you know, whatever. And obviously, I think we all know can't change anybody. But I didn't know that then. I thought I could. <laughs> but I have the superpower of like, I can help everybody. I'm a caregiver. I can yes. help the world. Yeah. So many of us are. <laughs> right. So many of us are. And so especially when it's your mom and you're just and because I think there is a lot of love for, yeah. for some people. And it's like, I really want this for her. I think what ended up happening was when I realized that all that trying and all of that unsuccessful, you know, trying didn't work is it just started dawning on me. Like, that's not fair for me to try to change someone. Yeah. One, it's not fair. And two, it's not up to me. Yeah. She doesn't want to change because she doesn't recognize that there's a problem for her. Yeah. There's nothing I can do to make her see that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could disown her. Like that was like, I'm going to make this so hard for you that you have to change. But like, that didn't feel good either. And I didn't want that. Yeah. So, um, and the anger, I had anger for so many years and blame. Oh, did I love living in that blame? Like you did this to me, you made me this way, blah, blah, blah. Like all that. It's, it's such a negative energy. And right. We talked about being an optimist. Yeah. So imagine like a natural optimist is just living in that. Like, yeah. It was affecting my job, my relationships. It was affecting everything, living in that mindset of just complaining about it. Yeah. And I think I just realized like, it's, and it was, I actually had to grieve because I had to grieve the fact that she wasn't going to change. Mm -hmm. And it made me really sad. It made me really disconnected from her. Like, how could this possibly be my mom? We're so different. Yeah. And once I got through that grieving and I was just like, she is who she is. There's like literally nothing I can do. And it's, I have a choice though, to say I can be different and love her at the same time. And yet, like I did start like literally just accepting, like, she's not, this is her, this is her deal with it and find ways to protect my soul when I'm around her or when I talk to her and set my boundaries. And then, like I said, and love her at the same time, Yeah, not to like threaten her and not because like, none of that worked. So yeah. it was a waste of energy and time. Um, so really like, it was just, it was just, it wasn't just one day, but I, I do remember it was a period of just like a couple months, maybe where I was just like, like, I waved the white flag. I'm not going to try anymore. I, like to yeah. fix, to, to yeah, change to fix her. To, yes. It was just, you were accepting, you were surrendering to what the reality was, which is yeah, hard and, and allowing her to be her. And then me choosing how will I show up? Yeah. And not have anxiety attacks around her or like feeling yeah. so crappy. Like I can, I don't have to absorb that. And yeah. I think ultimately like you and I are, you know, in a similar mindset where I would start diving into, I wonder what happened in her life. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So <laughs> I would try to dig into that, but she wouldn't talk. I mean, there was things I already assumed that I thought I knew and I would try to like open up the wound and she's like. I mean, yeah. she just didn't, she denied, she protected her family, you know, all the things. So it's like, all right, well then let's just, let's just let it go. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to get there. And what does it matter? I still have to choose my own path. Yeah. Now, if you think, and now if she would have opened up to you, cause I know for me, my mom opens up, I, I think a little bit more from what it sounds like than, than your mom has. And I always, I have a tendency to look at other people's past experiences as almost like excuse, not excusing them, but okay, this is, this is why this happened. So we'll just ignore the problem. And that's something I've had to really work for or work through. Do you feel like it would have been the same for you? So if she would have opened up that, then it would have been more of a like, okay, well, this is why this happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, now I can take a layer off. It's, you know, it's not just about me as her daughter, um, you know, and her treating me this way. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like she, she opened up like a, just a, a smidge. Right. And so it's like, I saw this little tiny spark of like understanding and empathy. Yeah. Again, it's not an excuse, yeah. but, but I saw her a little differently. And I told, actually, I remember that moment and I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was like, mom, this 
what you're doing right now, I get you. Like, I'm understanding you. Like, like I wanted more, but she couldn't do it. It, it was, yeah. it was yeah. in her protective mechanism to like, not talk bad about something or someone. And again, everything was perfect. Right? Yeah. 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 And okay. you know, I mean, so it's just moving forward too. I'm just throwing in one of my other takeaways is that even with my girls, like almost on a daily basis, I'm like, yeah. guess who's not perfect. <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> I feel like it's all the time. Like they get mad at me and I, you know, all these things, right? Like they're, they're, they're small children. They are pushing the boundaries daily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll say to them, um, guess who's still learning? You know, mommy and daddy are still learning. I mean, we make my husband, every parent makes a mistake. Sorry. Oh, yeah. If you don't, if you don't think you're making mistakes, people like <laughs> you've said the bad word in the house. And my little, my little daughter's like, daddy said the blank word. And I said, well, remember what we talked about. Daddies can make mistakes too. Right. Yeah, How do we learn from that? Yeah. And they giggled and they laughed. And I'm like, it is kind of funny when daddy says the bad word, right. Or whatever, <laughs> or mommy. Yeah. 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 But I said, but we're, well, what can we do better? Like, how can we help daddy? Like, maybe he just looks really frustrated because you're not listening. <laughs> you know, you're just like, well, how maybe daddy looks and like the youngest one's like, daddy looks sad. I'm like, let's not give him a hug right now. He looks really yeah. frustrated. Right? <laughs> let's just move away from that. Yeah. But, but it's, I let like I remind them. I'm just like, I'm still learning every day. Yeah. Lady. Like, yeah. it, and so that's one thing I don't think I heard from her often. Um, because like I said, I mean, she, 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 in all honesty, she was an expert at being a mother. Yeah. Uh, she was the oldest of nine children. Yeah. So yeah. she never knew anything different than like, being a mom and kind of telling people what to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, not her fault. I, I, I forgave her for that, but I wanted, I was really trying to get her to open up about what that was like. And yeah. there was a few times where she said, well, I mean, of course it was hard. And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Tell me. Yeah. You know? And she said, oh yeah, I came home from college. She, she started nursing school. So she went into nursing school and then she, I don't remember when she put a pause on that. Yeah but my grandma had her eighth or ninth child at that time. And kind of, I don't know if my grandma asked her to come home and help, but she came home to help before she finished school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know if there was guilt there. I don't know what was there, but I was trying to get her to open up, but I can only imagine like you go off to college, you're having a great time. You're learning something you love. And then you come home to take care of your family again. Yeah. Yeah. So. And having to put all of your stuff to the side, there is no, like I'm choosing me over, you know, how my family's doing things. Absolutely. And that's something she said all the time. She's like, well, like, like it was a self-sacrificial thing. Like she said, that's just what you do. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, it's, sort of <laughs> like it's for me. Yeah. I'm like, but you also have to take care of yourself in yeah. general. Like I get that sometimes you have to make bigger sacrifices for your family. And that's a choice that you might have to do. Yeah. But I mean, I think she like chose it then her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. As if, and then like put it on as her identity. Like I, a lot of, I, from working with, with women, a lot of women's mothers, put this, like their struggle as their identity, you know? Well, and then blamed and then was angry the rest of her life. And I'm like, mom, what did you want to do? Like what, you know? And then there was just other pieces that it, it, she said, she was such a like strong, uh, strong hearted, like very, you know, vibrant, like she didn't hold back. And there was times where she's like, well, your dad thought it was a good idea that I stay home with the kids, but I really wanted to go back to work. I'm like, I don't see you being submissive. Like you are not, <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. I, I feel like you are torn. Yeah. Right? And, but I wanted to like dive into that. Right. Yeah. So I got pieces of it. I did get yeah. pieces of it. And that's when we really to connect where I'm like, oh, you have a heart, like you have a soul. I want yeah. to hear more. Yeah, I it's it's so interesting, and I one of the things I tell people all the time is like, you have to try to remember that it's not that your mother doesn't love you, but right now, like when they have these past wounds and this stuff that they haven't dealt with, you have a relationship with their trauma as mm -hmm. opposed to just who they are in their soul. And so one of the things I wanted to ask was, um, what were so what are some tips that you have for people on accepting their own experience and kind of accepting their moms where they are at? I always try to put myself in like maybe in their shoes. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking to myself as different as we were, what was it possibly like for her with the, not with the, with the small amount of knowledge I did have it to me, I wouldn't have liked some of those situations that she was yeah, in. Absolutely. Right. 
And yet here she is, strong woman, um, very, you know, she is a, she did have a heart full of gold. It just was like very intense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I try to put my, well, especially now that I'm a mom, I think, I think that's the hardest part. She would say things to me like, you'll know when you're a mom someday, when she would like get mad at me. I'm like, that goes in one ear and out the other until I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're just going to then share with me how hard sometimes things can be. I'm never going to understand that. Yeah. Because I can't. Right. And so now that I'm a mom, I'm like, I can't like, I'm well, (laughs) that's where the book was like, I might need this for myself. Um, (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, I am now not as, now I'm not as critical as her. Yeah. Right. Um, and now, and I'll have some people close to me are like, you're really, you're really talking about your mom is this just like really amazing person all the time. And I said, it's not that I don't remember like the, the, the bad stuff. It's that I'm now recognizing the good stuff more. Yeah. I still remember all that. Yeah. I don't yeah. love a lot of it, but I'm, but I'm thinking to myself, well, I have a gift of choosing where I can move forward with this. Yeah. And so I think it was just like putting myself in her situation. Like, of course I can't, but like, I try to imagine, gosh, I wonder what that was like. And then yeah. feeling like you don't have a choice and feeling like you have to sacrifice everything. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, this is, I was sad. Like I was, I had a lot of empathy for her for that. The thing I didn't have a lot of empathy for was the fact that she had moments where she could have chosen differently yeah, and she chose to stay there, which that, but now see now knowing that it's the, one of the greatest gifts that I have mm-hmm. is learning that, okay, so that's what your mom did. She's, she decided to stay stuck, right? Yeah. yeah. What am I going to do differently? Yeah. And I have the repeated, like, you know, the triggers and the repeated, like, why does this keep happening to me? Yeah. (laughs) Because I haven't decided to get uncomfortable and move to that next, like kind of level for myself. Um, But every time it happens again, I'm like, I don't want not to like turn into my mom, but I don't want to turn into that negative part of her. So when I sense it coming on, I'm just like, oh no, I have more work to do. No, I understand it. Well, and I always tell people healing is a constant, you know, growth is a constant process. So we'll get through one layer of something. And then in order to kind of hit that next level of life that we want to experience, there's like another layer of like emotional work that has to be done. And it's always kind of just like, oh, well, what do we, we would, you would think we would be done at some point. Yes. (laughs) That's the painful part. (laughs) So I know in your book, you, you kind of go over, you know, how to break the cycle. And so I wanted to ask, you know, what are some tips to share a little bit of how you would recommend others start breaking the cycle? Um, and even kind of the work you're doing for yourself and with that. Yeah. Well, talk about like a journey and just like healing and the repetitive healing. I mean, it's, 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 here's the crazy thing is that it, all of my things, right? I don't know how to describe them. My yeah. anxieties or my triggers, they come up whenever they feel like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that with each time that something comes up, it either moves through me a little faster or okay. easier or less time. Like it's it's not nearly as like struggle. Like the struggle's there, but the struggle doesn't last quite as long. Um, because we've gotten through so, because I've gotten through so much before. Yeah. So one of the things in this last year, I've been like really focusing on this and it's not perfect and I have failed. Um, but when it works, it works beautifully. And it's this like little three, three step little formula I put in the book, but one is called pause and reflect, which is go inward. Yeah. Right. Like the what's happening here. Yeah. Or the what's okay. What's not okay. Like what is going on? And it might even be on yourself. What's okay. And what's not okay. Like I am acting like a crazy stressed out person yet. I'm trying to be more relaxed. It's not, we're not in alignment here. Something's off. Yeah. So pause and reflect inward, like what's going on. And then consider like, once you reflect, when you take that, and it could just take one deep breath or three deep breaths or whatever. Maybe you meditate for an hour. I don't know. I don't have time for that, but like (laughs) maybe two deep breaths. And it's like, even if I'm about to yell at my kids, if I can, if I can, which doesn't happen all the time, pause and reflect and be like, what is going on here? Take the deep breath. And then the second piece is called consider your choices, right? Mm -hmm. I have two choices. I either continue acting this way, which is of course not, I don't like it. 
which yeah. I've done. I've continued to act in what I don't like because it's fueling me somewhere. It's given me some, you know, or anything else, yeah. which is how do I want to show up? Yeah. And how do I get to a little bit more closer to the, how do I want to show up? Um, and then the third one is act in alignment. Yeah. Right. So pause and reflect, consider what your choices are and then act in alignment. Now I said, it doesn't, I don't do it every time. Sometimes yeah, I'm yelling at my kids, the volcano explodes and it feels fantastic. And I got it all out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. like, shoot. And then, so the, what happens though? Okay. So then, but after that happens, right. I made the mistake. Let's just say yeah. I didn't want to do that. I don't think there's anything wrong with yelling at kids, but it, like if I, if it was a mistake, cause sometimes it is my fault. And then I still yell at them. <laughs> right. I'm like, Oh shoot, wait, that was on me. Uh, but I let it all happen. Cause I didn't pause and reflect, consider my choices and act in alignment is I'll go back and repair and say, Hey guys, you know, mommy doesn't like to be late for anything. <laughs> so I'm rushing you out the door. It's my fault. I should have started a little earlier, but Hey, how can we work together now? Like yeah. I didn't, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just frustrated because I don't like to be late. Yeah. I try to take the blame off, even though I want to be like, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But I, I really do try to repair. Yeah. Um, I remember bringing my daughter to target and this is even my husband rolls his eyes at me. I wanted to run in, get something and run right back out. Right. Oh, yeah. So my oldest was like five at the time, four and a half, five. And she's like, Oh, mommy, can I come with you to target? And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Just going in and out. Mm -mm. no no yeah. no nope. obviously you can tell what happened and then there's like yeah. tantrums and then whatever and then this is what I said in the car I'll I'm gonna throw myself under the bus here I said this is why I didn't want to bring you oh yes horrible yeah. <laughs> like, <there's> like, though. <laughs> I myself after that came out of my mouth and she goes this is even worse she goes mom I'm just a kid oh my god like, oh god they're so wise like <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to cry again, just hearing myself say it. And I go, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. You're right. I shouldn't have said that. And it's just like, which obviously we make mistakes. And so I said that I said, mommy made a mistake. I, well, and in my head, I was going, I shouldn't have brought you. Yeah. yeah my yeah, husband's yeah. like, why are you bringing her? You just want to run in and out. Yeah. And now I learned for next time I said, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just frustrated about something else. Yeah. <laughs> Try to make something else up to make her not feel stupid. Yeah. So with that being said, how do you feel the, your mother wound has impacted, you know, your parenting, your relationships? Um, I know for a lot of people that I see and work with their mother wound show up like first in their romantic relationships. And then when they become parents and it just kind of is at different levels. Mm, I think for me, it's mostly with parenting. Okay. Um, because, well, how does it show up? Well, I'll tell you because of what I've learned from that wound. Oh, geez. I mean, that, I mean, these, this is what's in the book. I mean, I yeah. was able to recognize it in yeah. other people. Now yeah. I can't, I, I, I mean, can't choose our mother. Right. But I can choose jobs. I can choose my other friends and people. And yeah. so when I saw toxicity in these other people, yeah. When I saw manipulation, cause she did that too. When I saw guilt, when I saw it all everywhere, oh, did I recognize it so quickly? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I get this from my mom. I don't need this from my boss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I get this from my mom. I don't need this from my friends. Yeah. I get enough people. And so I was able to just shut it down with everybody else. And like, I'm sorry, but I can, well, I can, I can call it, take the trash out. Yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> I already have to deal enough with like the one I just call it like the queen of all like difficult things to deal with in your life. But it's like, I already have to deal with it with her. I don't, I can more easily walk away or recognize it or point it out or stand up for myself in those situations. So unfortunately, but fortunately she taught me, which this is like this, this is like the, the epiphany of it all. <laughs> I think I was supposed to, I know this is like, I, I don't, if you're not ready to hear this, I accept that because I wasn't for a long time, but I think I had to go through that with her because it's made me like, I think in this like subliminal and subconscious message, she was yeah. supposed to be like that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I was given this gift of strength to, to have had to go through that. And now I'm able to teach other people one, how to recognize it and two, stand yeah. up for yourself. Like 
I don't know. So it's so like now, of course, you know, like the full circle of just like gratitude. Of course I didn't have gratitude back then. Yeah. But I'm kind of like in the, this is my gratitude with it. Thank you for, <laughs> for making me go through all that, yeah. but it is a true deep, like, thank you. And, yeah. and I know she's sorry. Like I, I, she's in a spiritual world now, but I, I know she sees a bigger picture. Yeah. And I think we both are on the same level. Like we had to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really powerful place to get to. I remember I got to the same place with my, with my mom, the relationship with my mom, and it makes a huge difference, but it does take a little while to get there because there's all these emotions before you get to that. And there's a lot of fight and there's a lot of like, it really, it's like all of a sudden it's just your soul. That's just like, I don't know. I felt like it was dying inside for so long. And I'm like, I don't know. I got to do something different. Something different's got to come out of me, but no, it was not like I woke up one day and I was like, I'll just pretend to have gratitude, right. Or acceptance. It, it came with a big struggle to get there, but when, when you can get to more of those places, you you really can recognize that your choices, like you can have choices separate from that. Yeah. So I know you said like, it felt like your soul was dying. So for listeners who might not even be in this space where they're even considering that they have a mother wound or a complicated relationship with their mothers, what does it feel like in your body and energetically when a relationship is off? This goes for your mother, but it could be, you know, job. I know you talked about, you recognized very quickly outside of the relationship with your mother? What should people be looking for? I think um, for me, it was kind of like a, like I had this spark in me, this vibrant spark. And I think when I would be around her, the flame would start fading. Okay. And I would feel heavy. I feel heavy and insecure. Mm. And I think just like ultimately is if someone was taking this like bright light and like pulling it outside of me. Mm. That's how I felt like it. And so when I would be around, like in a meeting with a boss that was really like guilt tripping people, I'm like, I've recognized that feeling before. And it just, it was like, it's almost as if you just felt like, well, for me, my mind was like really internal, but it was like just someone taking my heart and just like making it smaller, but knowing, like knowing that my heart was supposed to be big and bright. And so whenever I felt like my light just fading, um, I knew that that was just not a good feeling. Right. And that's what I tried to work on for years. I didn't know this though. I didn't know that that's what I was working on, but essentially it was like, how do I, how do I get my soul back and my, and that light back? And I realized I had to do it myself, like not without help for me, but I knew it was my decision. Like, okay, my mom's not going to take care of me like that. She doesn't even know how, and I can't stop expecting her to do that because she can't, she doesn't know how, she doesn't know what I need. Yeah. I know I needed something and, oh, trust me. I mean, I told her some of the things I was doing to help myself and she just, she's like made fun of them. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to talk to you about that again because that didn't feel safe. Yeah, absolutely. I find find people that were safe to talk about and be like, all right. I think I might need a, like a medication or, or I might need therapy or I might need this, or I might need that. Like I, and now even to this day, like I said, it's not perfect, but I, I look at my, I really do try to check in and be like, okay, I've overbooked myself or I've overdone it again. Cause I'm super ambitious. And it's like, well, where do I find space next week to start taking care of myself or slowing down? Yeah. And I'll start blocking some stuff out of my schedule. Okay. Yeah. Now I say that lightly. I don't do it very well. No, it's okay. (laughs) It's hard as a mom. It's hard because like you do want to be with your kids and do all these things for them, but you also need other things for yourself. Well, I think that's a really good point for even listeners who are just, who don't, who aren't in a space where they're like, oh, I don't think it's my mom, but just a rule of thumb for all relationships was like, if you are in a relationship or a dynamic that it feels like your heart, your light is getting smaller, that it's probably not the place for you or, you know, something, a boundary needs to be put in. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Um, so are, is there any other tips that you feel like you have for listeners from your book or anything you really want to add in regards to mother wounds or relationships and just living your life for you? 
Yeah. Um, I think I would just talk to people about remembering that you have a choice and remembering what you have control of and what you don't have control of, which as a mother, we know, we know the things we don't have control of. (laughs) Let me tell you, it's not an easy lesson to learn, right? But keep that in mind and say, okay, so for me, like with my kids, I can't control, right? Here's the things I can't do. And if you haven't learned this yet, you're welcome for these. (laughs) You can't make someone eat, no matter how hard you try. I mean, I guess you you try, but that's not, (laughs) we won't go there. You can't make them eat. You can't make them go to the bathroom and you can't make anybody sleep. Now, what you can do is go to your toolbox and say, well, what can I do? Can I encourage? Can I support? Can I, you know, uh, tell them why it's good for them? But again, they usually don't care. Um, Like, what can you do? Can you let it go? Can you let something go? Like there are times where even just with meals, my husband's like, they're not going to eat this too bad. Like this is dinner and they're not eating it. They're not hungry. Like he's they might skip a meal and he's fine with it. I, there's something in me that's just like, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're going to be hungry in an hour. And he's like, yeah. and they'll learn that they yeah. should. And this would be, I, there's just certain things where I still have issues with, but I'm like, I'm like, but you're right. And so where can I let it go? And the more I do that, the more I do that, the, the, the more it frees up in my heart yeah. and it feels better for me. Yeah, absolutely but it's not easy. And that's, I would tell people, it's like, these are the things that are, it's like, it's not easy, but the more you can realize what you have control over and what you don't, and then how do you make your choices based on that? Yeah. Um, I think overwhelm, overwhelm comes from the feeling of we don't have control. Yeah. But when you go inward, you pause and reflect, you do have control, but you got to find what it is that you can control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Now, how can listeners get in touch with you? I know your book, your book is going to be launched on the 24th Yes, for all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at, uh, Dr. Emily Jacobs. So Dr. Emily Jacobs, uh, or Facebook. I have a group called live your life for you is my Facebook group and website is dremilyjacobs.com. And then my book will be on Amazon and I'm, I'm working on the links to make it on all the other major like online market right now. So hopefully all the other bookstores too, but Yes. And I'll, and all that will be linked in the show notes. So they'll be able to, you guys will be able to access it as soon as you're like, while you're listening so that you can get the book and you can get in contact and connect with Emily. It's been so great. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you liked what you heard, Share, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. Your support means so much to me, and I love sharing all this information with you. So if you heard something that really resonated or felt inspiring, make sure to share with a friend or family. Have a great day. See you next time.